0: Maxing out at thirty dollars an hour. At this time, I'm getting this is like 2012. Mm-hmm. So when I entered the barber game, it was about 15 and 20 dollars a cut. So I'm already getting 15 dollars for a haircut. Two haircuts an hour. That's 30 dollars. If I got the customers, I'm already capable of making 30 dollars an hour. I'm not waiting 15 years to make 30 dollars. Only your job. Ain't even appealing to me, mm-hmm. so I just start to think like this is always a, a dead end. Mm-hmm. Like with jobs, it's yeah. not nothing you want to do. Like you want to be wealthy, so I would rather just leave and go figure out and start my process. Like I'm not scared of failing, yeah. so I uh, fell I fell forward. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I start my when I start my uh, motivational speaking, that's what I'm gonna start off with. Like I specialize in failing
2: so much for tuning into the work and play podcast. I thoroughly enjoy every single one of my guests stories on the podcast and I nearly get attached to their growth and development even after they're on the show. The only difference is I don't get a chance to share the launch of this episode with Keandre Alums. However, his story was so impactful and it was so in line with the work that I do that I had to release this and so you can, you guys can see what Keandre's life meant to his family, his audience, and the people around him. So, my heart, my prayers, my love goes out to Keandre's family. I do hope that this is a great depiction of your son, your father, your cousin, your brother, your friend for years to come. I thank you. I've been grateful to have Keandre on the podcast with me, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Young, and I have the a really, actually a special episode. Like I said, this is going to be a special episode because we typically interview folks who are in corporate America or who have left corporate America to go into entrepreneurship. We talk about life transitions, self-actualization, like career transitions and all that that has um, to do with it. But this young man here, he is um, miraculously somebody, I'm really interested in tapping into your mindset. And so without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Uh, my name is Keandre Alums. I call myself Mr. Quitters Never Win. I have a brand called Every Season, which represents the mindset to overcome every struggle and obstacle that life throws your way. It's basically just about overcoming all adversity and never quitting. And the brand is called Every Season. And, um, I'm also a barber, a father, uh, two sons, a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. So I'm just an entrepreneur all across the board.
2: All across the board.
0: And a motivational speaker.
2: And a motivational speaker because not only um, are you and I in the morning meetup together, mm-hmm. but we also went, we're still, because this is, we're still in One the more um, day. speakers conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more so, day. so far, what, like, when you think about your journey as a motiv- motivational speaker, because I can hear, it, it's a little new, it's a little fresh right now, but, like, what's what do you foresee in terms of your speaker's journey so far?
0: Um, I always just wanted to to be somebody growing up. Like, and I used to battle with it a little bit, like, do you do you just want to be seen? Do you just want the, like, the fame? Do you want the recognition? Like, but now I'm understanding, like, when it comes to, like, speaking and being a motivational speaker, that I just want to impact somebody's life. And I feel like it's okay mm-hmm. for me to want to be somebody in life, because some people don't want to be nobody. So it's like, I just always want to be somebody. and I want to take my pain and the obstacles i've been through and help somebody else to the point they can come back and they'd be like oh keandre helped me with this or he helped me get through this or whatever it may be mm-hmm. so being at the speaker conference and just seeing people do it and touch me because i know that a lot of people impacted my life they probably don't even well i'm sure it's a lot of people that don't know me that i heard whether it's youtube whether i came to the event really mm-hmm. impacted my life and i took that message and it it motivated me and bettered my life so i'm just looking to do that for someone else
2: yeah well your story is definitely we haven't even gotten into the nook and cranny of your story but let me tell you guys why this is such a, a crazy episode <laughs> one because i am not talking to like someone who has like been indebted to a company I'm not talking to somebody who has been like, you know, like, I, I gotta just say indebted, like your mindset is one that just had, it just draw my curiosity. And so the first, con- not even first, but the conversation that we had that is always gonna stick out in my mind is when we were talking about like, our experience in corporate America. Like, Well, it was three of us, right? And um, one of the, and Chris asked me like, you know, my two jobs, I'm talking about I left and how hard it was for me. And then you chimed in and you're like, look, I've never been at a job long enough to like even feel that type of loyalty. <laughs> like I'm the type of person that like, I am I would leave on the, on the lunch break and never come back. Yeah. So much so to the point where you might not even know that they got the last check.
0: Didn't know. I said, <laughs> that
2: is like, that's like the other extreme Didn't. of loyalty.
0: Didn't know I was supposed so, to pick up my last check.
2: So we got to happen to that. We got, let's start there. What has been your your relationship with nine to fives over the years
0: uh, I really don't have much of a relationship from being out of high school until till now I've worked three three jobs mm-hmm. and I never worked longer than three months at none of those jobs like I never seen me being an employee like I just I feel like in times people probably looked at me crazy or probably thought I was being irresponsible or whatever the case may be, but I just knew that I had to figure out something else in life because this not for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even have a certain skill at the time or nothing. I just knew that I, I wasn't meant to be an employee. I didn't like how it made me feel. I didn't like that you can't go to the bathroom when you want. I didn't like that. You got to be here at a certain time, like, and I just didn't care for they for that company. It's like if I'm working security or I'm working at UPS, like I don't I don't really care for this place. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to do the proper work to even work up to become a supervisor or to become a a leader or anything like that in the company because I'm not gonna do the right work. I shortcut everything in corporate work. Mm-hmm. So it just, I just knew it wasn't, it wasn't for me. I, I, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be an entrepreneur.
2: I feel you on that. I feel you on that. And so, before we get deeper into your journey, what do you do currently as an entrepreneur?
0: I have a clothing brand, like I said, it's called Every Season. Uh, it's a motivational clothing brand, uh, but I'm still building that and trying to get that to where I want to take it, uh, which is to motivate as much people as I can in the world clothing and through clothing and uh but what brings in the money I'm a barber and that's another reason why I wasn't interested in working a, a corporate job or working a, a job overall being an employee because I've seen what the barber game can do for me what the barber industry can do for me mm-hmm. i seen my other friends making a, a, a lot of money in barbering and I started I became a barber young at 18 but the thing is when you you go to bar- it steps to becoming a barber you go to barber school you got to put in 15 1500 hours which takes like it's about a regular school year about 10 months 11 months if you miss a couple days um so you have to go to school get those hours then you have to pass your barber test so with me that was the problem i had never passed my barber test I was going through like financial problems when I was in barber school like I barely had enough money to even get to barber school so a lot of times I would ask the bus driver can I get on bus I would sneak on BART if y'all, y'all may not know what BART is but in the Bay Area it's like a train it's like it's like transportation. Marta for our, our
2: ATA leads.
0: okay okay mm-hmm. so I would sneak on BART and then it's another form of type of train it's called Caltrain uh, and I would sneak on that and it's funny because they have like people on there who check your ticket every stop, but sometimes they do it like every other stop, and I only needed two stops on that one, mm. so it's like if they if they check my ticket the first stop, then I had to get put off and then get back home just yeah. to get there so now yeah, yeah. I'm late for school, and like when you pass a certain time sometimes they don't even let you into school or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's a whole nother story, so I wasn't financially there uh in uh, in my process of going to barber school, so I owe the school money and when you owe the school money They don't send your hours off to state board state board is the Where you take your exam at mm-hmm. it's like state board of California So they never send my hours off to state board because I still owed them money mm-hmm. So I had to first save up $1,100 Before I even had a chance to take my test which took some time. I'm young um I'm sort of struggling like I was cutting I was blessed enough to work at a barbershop without my license mm-hmm. someone blessed me to do that mm-hmm. and so you're
2: building up your skills there
0: yeah as soon as I got out of school I actually mm-hmm. was working there like while in school because it was like a connection from somebody from my church mm-hmm. so that was a blessing but I guess just me being young not um uh, in between not being responsible and not making enough money mm-hmm. like you know like I, Cause now that I'm older, I realized that I could have been putting up like fifty dollars here and there until uh, stacked the money to to make it.
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask you if you ever did. So, you, so you didn't? You never did it, or you got yeah, your yeah, box like later? What,
0: yeah, it took later. It, it took, I went through, I went through a lot yeah. in the process of getting there. That's probably like the biggest part of my story as an adult. Like that's what my brain kind of kind of came from like Mm. quitters never win yeah it took me eight years to get my barber license I failed the test seven times
2: seven so seven seven times you took it once each year
0: no just throughout it just happened to work like that but throughout the eight years I took it seven times like I went through I went through so much like
2: what do they test you on the um, test is it uh, it like written test yeah it's a written test
0: and it's a, a hands-on test mm-hmm. but a lot of people would think like you're just doing a haircut no you're doing curls you're doing um curl uh um what do they call it you do curls with the uh with the Those curling are. irons oh you yeah gotta do, it's like, and it's then like you beauty. do the curls with the uh the rolling thing in the white paper yeah yeah you gotta do that you gotta do a shave you have to do a perm like Uh,
2: You have to do a perm. Yeah. So tell me, the seven times you failed, did you mess up somebody's perm?
0: No, the 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 perm stuff. It's on a (laughs) it's on a doll head. It's on a doll. I'm like, the only active thing that you're doing on people is the shave. Okay. And the haircut. Okay. But like, I I failed it so many times, and the barber curriculum changed. Mm -hmm. So that was a problem that made made it harder for me because like Mm -hmm. I'm not in school anymore, so Mm -hmm. I didn't get the update on. on a new information yeah Mm -hmm. so like at first it was to a point where you needed to get a 75 it was like you can fail the whole written Mm -hmm. but you do good enough on the hands-on and you still pass so that's how a lot of my peers got their barber barber license but it ended up changing within like two years after me being out of barber school so now they mandatory you to get 75 on the Mm hands-on and on the written. so i would go and I'll either pass the pass the hands-on and then fail the written and then I'll go study so hard for the written, pass the written, and then end up missing a couple points on the hands-on. Dang, so it's like
2: transferring points year after year.
0: So like oh, so much stuff happened. Like uh my mannequin doll head stand broke. Uh my phone went off one time. I got kicked not- out. Oh, okay. Like just different things happened. Like
2: so, it was, when you say so much stuff happened, you just saying, like, in the moment of the test, like, just yeah, so like, many I failed in
0: all, almost every way you can fail the test.
2: Dang. So, tell me this, why barber school? Eight years, why barbering?
0: Um. Well, it all started with, as soon as I got out of high school, I had a shift in mindset, like, because I grew up in the streets, and, like, that was the environment around me. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I wasn't, like, the... Hardcore, like gangster, or nothing like that, like killing nobody or shooting at nobody, or nothing like that. But more on like the hustling side, like that, that's that's where that's what my arena was. I ended up getting shot in 2011, July 7, 2011, and that was a year after I graduated. So like life just hit me different, and I ended up with four bullet. I had a button-up shirt on. Yeah. I had four bullet holes through the front and the back of my shirt. Yeah but no bullet holes Your body? in my body. I only got shot in my leg twice. Mm. So nobody can tell me like about God or like God didn't, didn't spare my life that day. So like, I didn't care if nobody say like, oh, you a punk or you, I, I didn't, I really didn't care. Like I was literally perfectly fine with walking away with the lifestyle I had because I knew like I'm looking at the shirt in the hospital bed, like how is this even, I, I, even when I explain it to some people who probably don't believe in God or heard stories like that, I can look at them in their eyes and tell that they think I'm lying or making up a story or something like that. Like mm. that's how crazy it was. So after. So you
2: so you saying you had the four bullet you had the four shots in your body and one in your leg?
0: No, I had four bullet holes in my shirt.
2: Okay, so that's.
0: No been, bullet holes in my body.
2: No bullet holes in your body. So that's what you mean? I thought you meant that the bullet went straight through no. your body and that you walked away okay. No. Damn!
1: I never
0: forget it. It was a hot summer day. My shirt wasn't unbuttoned; it was buttoned up. I got out the car. I had like fixed my shirt. Next thing you know, I'm staring down at a gun. Mm-hmm. Shots go off. I ended up with four bullet holes in the shirt, from the front through the back, and didn't get touched with a bullet no, in I my upper the back.
2: body. It, it clearly didn't go. Oh, was it like? I'm sure there's 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 a re- there's a reason behind it, but
0: bullet holes yeah. in the front yeah and through the back. I did not get shot here at all.
2: Yeah, but I'm saying like clearly there was something like that went through, you know. But so okay, so you say you know you know basically
0: to me that was that was God showing me like spare my life like it's it's one of those what they call it like. I can't think of the word right now, but basically God was just showing me like this was supposed to happen or this could have happened mm-hmm. and I didn't allow it to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like some people be trying to say like, oh, maybe it went through the side. Like, no, it was in the middle. That's like, what I'm saying. It, like, it was in the middle. Like, And there's you. four of them. Okay. So it was like after that day, it's like even any time I ever doubt God, like I think about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, he literally showed you himself like mm-hmm. personally. So how can you doubt him?
2: So you said that is what told you you don't care if somebody calls you you know names or anything. You know that you yeah. That's where that. the
0: that's where the the mindset shift came at. So I just wanted it better for myself. I wanted to lead the street life alone. So after getting shot, I, uh, it was a time where I just I changed barbers because my barber had like moved. So I met this new barber. He was from L.A. He moved to uh, to Oakland, and I tried him out. He was cool, and he was like more. Well, a little bit closer to my age, like I was 18, he was like 24, so he just was a cool guy, like my dad introduced him to me, and after getting my haircut, I would hang out at the barbershop a lot, just like instead of going back to the streets and hang out, I'd just hang around good energy, mm-hmm. and he ended up becoming like my big brother type thing, and he, it was like a barbershop, and he stayed upstairs in the apartments, like right under the barbershop, So I ended up like spending the night at his house a lot, like almost living, living there. Mm -hmm. And one day uh, on his lunch break, we was at Jack in the Box. And like I said, I'm not hustling anymore. So I ain't have much money. I probably had like $12 in my pocket. So I reached to give him my money for the meal that I ordered. And he like, nah, bro, I got you. Mm -hmm. And he pulled out his money. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, bro, like you got, you got a not like you've been hustling or something. You make me almost want to go to barber school Mm -hmm. i'm just joking i'm not thinking nothing of it and then he looked at me he was like why not you're not doing nothing else Mm -hmm. and i kind of just got quiet and just went on google right there in the drive-thru and looked up barber schools like and i'm an ambitions type person like so i just wanted to try something like i just wanted i want to go in some direction i when i went to go look at those schools i'm not even really thinking that It wasn't all the way there. That's why I tell people, you got to just start moving. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in a stuck space and you don't know what your purpose is or you don't know what you want to do in life, you got to start moving or it's going to take the process longer because I didn't even, I wouldn't even say I believed all the way that I'll become good or I'll become a barber. I just start moving. Mm. And uh, lo and behold, like uh, the first two schools, one school had a waiting list. One school said you needed money up front. Of course, I didn't have the money. The third school, end up being far from my house but they had financial aid for me and they gave me like clippers of barber kit mm-hmm. so it worked out mm-hmm. and um so that's where the mindset shift came from and that's where the barber thing came from and as as time went on as me being in school i just start to understand it and, and like it more it's mm-hmm. like you learn about the barber history and like it, it was just like it was just like hustling but legally so yeah. it was like i just took what i New from hustling and put it into that, and it's like you still got you still got your your freedom. Yeah. I can come to the shop when I want. I can leave when I want. Make my own hours. Charge what I want. So it just it just worked out.
2: As long as you're good, because I know if you're a bad barber, it's, it's your bad clients. Bad barbers like even I, make money. Oh my goodness.
0: Just, it's, just, that's just the industry. I just if a bad barber can make money if he's in the right shop. Now if you got your own shop or if the shop already not making money, but a ba- even bad barbers gonna make money. You may not make the money that a good barber make, but it's like even broke barbers make money. And what I mean broke, I mean like you don't got as much money as the the popping barbers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you making money every day. Yeah. So even if you only went home with a hundred dollars for that day, that's equivalent to some people day shift.
2: Yeah, a hundred dollars a day is not a bad goal. So, because I think that was so. When I first became an entrepreneur, that was actually one of my goals. Like, if as long as I made a hundred dollars a day, and it it would depend on what I was doing. Like, I would, I picked up Lyft. Um, you know, I was just doing different things. I was, um, teaching bar. I was doing a lot of things. But I was like, if you take home a hundred dollars, it was also an influence of a a guy I was dating at the time. But if you take home a hundred dollars, then that is like that is good. You can't come home without a hundred dollars. Like that is it. So that makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that you mentioned, as you talked about your mindset shift, um, that really resonates in any industry is mentorship. Um, the 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 fact that someone was able to kind of just just really plant a seed. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't a formal mentorship. A lot of times people get it twisted. And they're like, I gotta go ask somebody to be my mentor. But the fact that I don't know if you pick up on it as such.
0: I do. Okay. He saved, he saved my life.
2: That that mentorship literally like gave you a seed and and what I want others to receive from it as as your story is like. You didn't you didn't have you said you didn't have direction. It gave you direction. Like all you need, like all so as an as a sale, all you need is just to Point in a certain direction and then continue. I am, I'm like envisioning like um, like a wind up toy. Mm-hmm. And if you like, if yeah, you it if it's already it yeah, yeah, if it's already winded, it might fall off the side of the thing. But if you give it direction, all it needs to do is take action, and you can set it in the right direction and go forward. That's powerful.
0: If it wasn't for me, mean him in his direction, the statement that we said at the beginning, I, for one, I wouldn't be on this podcast because. The statement that i made wouldn't be true i would have had to do something i would have had my back would have been against the wall so me saying that me not knowing a job i would have had to know a job or go back to the streets which i'm sure i wouldn't i'm sure i wouldn't wouldn't have did Mm -hmm. but so then i would have had to work Mm -hmm. and because i think i look at some people who i grew up with and i'd be looking at them how they just so comfortable with just but working a job or just like just changing jobs and just like that just is what it is that's what that's what life is that's what mm-hmm. they've been doing since they got out of high school to the point it's harder for them even if they got dreams it's harder for them to get to their dreams because they just working a job mm-hmm. and sometimes i get so like ahead of myself like just thinking like man they tripping like why why are they so comfortable and then i, th- I thought about it i'm like right you just have some type of guidance and at a young age to the point you got guided down the right lane to the point that's why you don't know a job because you was making money cutting hair you already figured out a way to make money and not have to go to a nine to five so it's like he really he really saved my life and it's crazy because now i hit him all the time randomly like when i'm just appreciative and i'm just like bro like i appreciate you man thank you. you don't know what you did to my life even with directing me like it was other he just was a genuine like person so I learned other things from like how to be like just a just an honest man or just like just a lot of things that that help shape and mold me more like as a as a man like I grew up with a father and sometimes it's harder to listen to your parents or you may think that they just trying to be too strict or things like that but he helped reinsure certain things that my daddy already taught me mm. and it made it more easier for me to listen to him because he was more closer to my age and like things like that mm. and he said it in a different way so it was easier to it was easier to pick up but still to this day i hit him and just say how i appreciate him and he don't really like taking the credit he's like no like you did that like little bro like and then he like now you motivate me so it's crazy like
2: but see that's the power of mentorship because if you, like I said, go back to that wind-up toy. If you think about it, all really a mentor does is like this. And then when you think about it, all the hopping, all that, that's, ain't, that's nothing really to them. Yeah. But it's so powerful, that little shit. That little shift. So what, the connection that I'm making is like, even though we're talking about you going into like barber school, you know, like this guidance, guidance is like literally needed at all levels. Because I think about some folks, who, that's why my company is called Guided. My company is literally oh, called Guided. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, like it's literally, called, because people just need, there are so many successful people in this world, by, by different standards of success, who like just headed off a cliff, making $100,000, but they're not guided by anything. Yeah. No one or someone or something, right? So I think that's just super powerful that you bring that up. It it, it resonates at all levels regardless. So you mentioned you had a father, mm-hmm. right? And you also mentioned that you had a couple nine to five. So I'm just trying to figure out if you never, if you never really wanted to work at a corporation and entrepreneurship was always a thing, why continue to put yourself through that? Was it, was it like your upbringing? Like, to tell put me myself
0: the, through it, like trying to work at those jobs? Yes, up? what was well, I, only, I only did it a couple of times when like, like I say, I didn't. I didn't pass my barber test within eight years. So, okay. in the midst of that, you when will... you don't got your barber license, it's harder to find a, a. You only pretty much can work at like, how can I say it? Like the ghetto barber shops that's the owner is just looking for somebody to pay him booth rent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, nine times out of 10, those shops is not really thriving in business that the owner might be making money because he got a book clientele and he getting. Boofering from other barbers, Mm -hmm. but as far as like walk-in traffic and just somewhere where a a, a new barber or the, yeah, the new barber can build, Mm -hmm. it's not there. So I deal with a lot of situations like that or I deal with a lot of situations where I was working at a good shop and Mm. me and the owner didn't see eye to eye or like different things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was transitioning through different things and like I got two kids Mm -hmm. and it's like, Mm. I had to survive somehow so Mm. in these in these moments I had to go work at like uh, I had to go get my guard card to work security or I worked at uh, UPS that's the job I walked out like I went to the bathroom and and (laughs) never came came back back. (laughs) yeah like that was that was pure slavery like twelve dollars an hour and in California you got to know what twelve dollars an hour is like that is That I don't. What's the minimum wage in Atlanta? Seven fifty. That's that's seven fifty. Yeah.
2: That's
0: seven fifty, (laughs) like converted in Mm -hmm. in in states, Mm -hmm. and they got you moving all these boxes. And I'll never forget it. Like it would just sound like working just sounds so crazy to me. I'll never forget this speech. Every morning, they'll uh, have like the supervisor rally uh, rally us up in a group, and he'll get his speech like today we have to move 60,000 boxes. UPS has never moved 60,000 boxes in a day. We only maxed out at 40. So that's that's number one. Like, How are you telling us we got to move 60,000 boxes? you saying it's never been done. You know how long UPS has been a company, a brand? What makes you think that we're about to move 20,000 extra boxes today? Then on top of that, the belts be broke, like a lot of the belts, like, because you got to put the boxes on the belts to to move it to the to the next station in the a, in a, uh, factory. The belts would be breaking, so it's like, y'all want us to move extra boxes, extra 20,000, bo- and the belts is breaking. And then the last thing that really stuck with me is that he'll always speak about working at a high performance to the point so that you can move up, mm-hmm. and he like kind of brag about like that's how he got there he been working there for 15 years and so i do my research he only get paid 30 dollars an hour you've been working here 15 years and you maxing out at 30 dollars an hour at this time i'm getting this is like 2012. Mm-hmm. so when i entered the barber game it was about 15 to 20 dollars a cut so i'm already getting 15 dollars for a haircut two haircuts in an hour that's 30 dollars if I got the customers, I'm already capable of making $30 an hour. I'm not waiting 15 years to make $30. I don't need, your job ain't even appealing to me. Mm-hmm. So I just start to think, like, this is always a, a dead end, mm-hmm. like, with jobs. It's yeah. not nothing you want to do. Like, you want to be wealthy. So I'd rather just leave and go figure out and start my process. Like, I'm not scared of failing. yeah. So i uh, fail, I fell forward. Like, hmm. When I start my when I start my uh, motivational speaking, that's what I'm gonna start off with. Like I specialize in failing.
2: Mm. Tell me this. So I mean I kinda feel like so I don't have kids. So I'm not like I, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know that life, but what I will say is you had this entrepreneurial mindset and when you failed the barber shop, I mean the barber test, like why not just create a brand back then, like seven seven years starting, like why didn't you just create a brand then?
0: I mean, I I, I did have I did have the brand, mm-hmm. but it started from like okay backstory. Mm-hmm. So I start uh I started cutting hair. I graduated in two thousand and twelve, so I was I didn't have my license, but I'm working as a barber in 2012 2014, two years later. I was watching atl one day It's crazy because i'm in atlanta right i'm watching atl and uh, the part where ti tell his little brother you don't got to be a dope boy to have money that clicked with me mm-hmm. because like i said i had a mindset shift and i left the streets alone mm-hmm. and now i'm making money legally mm-hmm. and i'm starting to just like pay attention to a lot of entrepreneurs or people who make money legally and they they still successful. They either making more money than people in the streets or making just as much. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to paint that picture to other people. So what I did was, uh, and it was around the same time I was introduced to like Nipsey Hussle. I was listening to Nipsey Hussle and I was seeing what he had going on with his clothing brand. So I seen it was possible to put a positive message on a shirt and sell it. Okay. So I put the, you don't got to be a dope boy to have money on shirts. I said, and okay. I would go into like barbershops and beauty salons and and sell them Mm -hmm. and I sold the first 50 like quick within like a week then I took the I had like barber clippers and like combs and stuff to resonate to the hair people Mm -hmm. but then I wanted to reach more people so I just took that off and I put like a basketball a man in a suit a construction worker uh, a microphone like things like that to relate to more people Mm -hmm. and I bought a hundred of those and those sold out within like Two to three weeks, like Mm -hmm. pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, man, I really can do this or whatever. But I didn't have a brand name, so I would just think about certain things that match me. Like I had like, I would come up with like, executors, motivators, but it just that was that was weak to me. Like yeah, I'm like, nah, that ain't it. So uh, shout out to my son, mom. She actually gave me the name for my brand every season. She uh she like, you know what, I'ma like i I'm am going uh I'ma pray on it and, and, and ponder on it and sit on it and and come back to you or something. And she was like, You should call your brand every season. Because from the time I known you into the time now, I watch you go through all different type of seasons in life and you just always keep pushing. Mm. You never quit. You overcome like the obstacles that that, that life throws you. Yeah. And then when I first heard I'm like, no, that is that's trash. Like, no. <laughs> but then, like, all that day, I was thinking about it. And then and I slept on it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just taking one of the E's out in every. And I wrote it down. I liked how it looked. Mm. And I was like, yeah, every season. And i just been pushing it, pushing it every since. So I did have my brand with, uh, within that time from 2014 till now. I just feel like as I was going through that in the barber, industry failing my test it made my my brand more like give it more substance because it's like it really was my lifestyle like Mm -hmm. every season like Mm -hmm. i just won't quit i remember people telling me like won't you just get a job or maybe that's a sign from god that you keep failing and i'm just like like no Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm already halfway in the barber game i'm making money from it Uh, i see my other friends making money from it. it's like i gotta i gotta get there if i can just get this piece of paper yeah. So. So yeah, I did. I already, had already had the brand.
2: Okay. So you had the brand seven years later. You were in the barbershop shop, and now. So wait. So seven. So let's get a timestamp. So you got your bar. You got your your um certificate went
0: Two years ago, two
2: thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. Got you. Got you. Got you. And you created the brand. What seven years before that? Two thousand and fourteen. You created the brand f- two thousand fourteen. So now it's been two years that you got your license, the brand has been solid. So what does a day in the life look like for you now that you're, you're actual barber and you have your brand, do you feel like you're now like at a place where this is a milestone for you?
0: Um, I'm doing good for myself in life, but I'm definitely like, I just had to find balance with um wanting more and then understanding that you you did good for yourself and you had a good place like i would find myself in depression in, mm. in deep depression because i'm not where i wanted to be in life but i just like realized that i was in depression because i was letting my ambition like i don't know if somebody else ever Dealt with this or dealing with this, but like you can be so ambitious mm-hmm. and like want so much for yourself to the point it can have you depressed because you're not really looking at how far you came or how 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 much work you put in. Yeah. That's why it's, you shouldn't look at other people' success. You should put your blinders on and just pay attention to your own story. Cause like I would look at I would I would look at other people and be like, man, I'm trying to get there or if I can just do this for my family or I'm looking at people buying mom houses or looking at people take their kids to, to other states and just living better. But it's like I remember a time where I was homeless and I used to be with my kids um, on the couch or have a pallets on the floor. And it's like you worked hard enough to get your own place. And uh, it was times that even when I got my own place, I didn't know how it was going make rent mm-hmm. and then it's like now you know guaranteed that your rent gonna be paid and you got money to do other things and things like that so it's mm-hmm. like those are my steps like that's progression like that's that's doing good in life you always want to grow yeah. but i'll just be stuck in depression because i'm so not all the way there yet mm-hmm. so i have to balance out my ambition and knowing that i did good for myself it's like yes okay continue to want more don't get comfortable but also, be happy and grateful for where, you, where you're where at right now.
2: Yeah. I think, so, this is not for nothing, because I think your story, especially as we think about you and your journey as a motivational speaker, all of this goes together. But I'm just curious, like, when I think about your upbringing, right? Like you said, you, so all we know right now is you had a father. You said you had a father. Did you grow up with your mom, too?
0: Yeah, I grew up with my mom but I just was with my I was with my dad more.
2: Okay. So I'm just curious how does a man I guess yeah, how does a man who's raised by his dad at least, um, end up like kind of like experiencing homelessness as an adult as an adult? Like what is that what does that trajectory look like?
0: Um Basically if if your if your parents not in a good position in life and you and you grown, what what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You left it fan for yourself. So it's like uh, right before I got out of high school, uh, my dad and my auntie ended up losing my grandma' house. She had passed away, and then like two years later, they they lost the house due to like certain fees and taxes and certain stuff that uh i I was a little bit younger i don't really understand at all either my my granny owed and she passed away and she had a certain way of keeping it and they didn't know how to keep it or Mm. they did something and all i know is that the the family the the family family house was gone
2: Mm. yeah so are you saying that you kind of grew up up until that point you grew up with like i didn't i
0: didn't i didn't i didn't grow up uh not
2: well live you weren't Mm. like middle class what would you say it was
0: we we just got by either we were struggling or Mm -hmm. just got by it was never Mm. doing good
2: Mm, that's the interesting part about like generational wealth when we think about generational wealth within the black community like there's so many you know generations where like our grandparents had the house had the business mm-hmm. they did so much to like get the deed and then like the next generation didn't necessarily like pass that either they didn't have the knowledge or a
0: lack of financial literacy
2: a lack of financial literacy
0: that's what it was and it's it's crazy because now i be thinking about stuff i be learning about houses and mm-hmm. what to do and certain stuff like that i'm like man i was next up after my dad to have this. like what i could have did with him, certain things like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: But even though that I like grew up in in poverty and always just getting by and certain things like that, I had a great a great father. Like I didn't notice it until I was grown. Like Mm -hmm. I used to hate my dad as a kid growing up, like Mm. and like I literally mean hate. Like I used to think that he was too mean, too strict, like too like I just didn't like him. I mean like honestly. But as I got older and I seen like soon as life hit, like I see. Him. I start to everything he taught me start to come back to me. Like I start to see it in life, and now it be like he he just wanted the best of me the whole time. Like even when it comes to being an entrepreneur, like the reason why I believe it and and I know I, it's possible so much is because of my dad. Before Instagram, before I seen a Nipsey hustle, before I seen people from Atlanta making money, before I seen people from Philadelphia, any. I seen my dad do it, like in Oakland. My dad had the first food truck, like literally the first food truck. We it started off in a station wagon. He Mm -hmm. he would make the food, him and the lady he was with at the time, and we would drive from East East Oakland, West Oakland, North Oakland, and sell the plates. And then he eventually get in a food truck. Uh, I seen my dad have a a a jumper business where he uh, rent jumpers. He had a moving business. He, any like hustled in the street, so it's like all I all I seen growing up was entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So it's like I knew it was possible. Mm. So it's like the job thing wasn't really; it was never really in me.
2: I got you. I got you. So when you um when you think about like your future, right, setting yourself up for being able to tell your story, and then being able to touch other people. What is your like, and I'm not sure, like maybe you have to tell me, cause I know part of the process of becoming a speaker is like digging into your story, getting real comfortable with like the nitty gritty details and stuff, but at where you are right now as a speaker, like do you feel like, you no, know, what do you feel like is your, um, is your message? You know what I mean? Like I know you have quitters never win, right? Mm-hmm. And your brand is every season, cause you have been through every season, right? But then when you reach out to young people who just need that motivation, um, like, how do you package that message
0: into uh, a young person? I'm, I'm, still, I'm still figuring out how to articulate it the best way. Mm-hmm. But uh, something just came on me uh, today at the speaker conference. And I'm going to use it like this. I'm going to tell them I, I specialize in failing. So if you feel like a failure, if you feel like you're not good at nothing, if you feel like you always count it out, if you feel like this per, I specialize in failing. It's no, you don't have to have the best, ta- you don't gotta be the most talented, you don't gotta be the smartest, you don't gotta be the most well connected. All you gotta do is have enough endurance and perseverance to pick yourself up and keep pushing. And failing is nothing but data. So you're just learning what not to do. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to barbering, like that's why i can cut hair so well because i learned what not to do i didn't learn like from people good things like literally when i'm cutting hair i can cut hair an unorthodox way and still cut out good because i learned what not to do and the same thing with life like i'm not the smartest person like i'm not organized i'm not i don't have certain skills that other people got but my skill is being able to pick myself up every time And try again. Mm -hmm. And the most I find myself seeing in life, the most talented people, the most smartest people, that's all they missing is that one Mm -hmm. gift. To the point, it will it will take them to the next level. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's really that's really a unique gift to have. Like that's my gift. It's being able to take the L's to get punched in the face and get back up it's like i was that kid who when people used to be like man you think you can jump off that building jump off that and flip over that and woo? like whatever somebody say that's crazy everybody yeah. be like oh, i can't do that and i'd be like i can even if i knew in the back of my head i probably couldn't i just <laughs> Break i just don't fe- i just don't feel like it don't sit well with me saying i can't do something yeah or like it can be the biggest person in the room and he would be like i'll beat all y'all up I'm going to be that one person that'd be like, you're not going to beat me up. Like, mm-hmm. You're going to have to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, so it's like, now I look back and I think about that and I'd be like, you always kind of been like this. So it's like endurance. I want to, the ones who already feel like failures and been through so much and feel like nothing, you already been through a lot in life. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that pain yeah. and take the, the letdowns and the obstacles in life and just keep pushing. Like you already a survivor. Yes. Like that's your that's your niche and what? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. your,
2: your skill set. When I used to um when I used to go to so there's a, a shelter here. Actually there's one in not in Oakland, um, but in California there's one called it's it's Covenant House. Mm-hmm. So there's a it's a shelter, it's a homeless shelter for um young people experiencing homeless eighteen to twenty four. And I feel like that's one of those things that, you know, the, the first thing that they will tell you when you're working on a resume, right? I've never had a job. I've never done nothing. I've never. And I feel like what you're saying is tapping into your unique gifts, your, your unique story. There's something in there. Yeah. And then, it, one, I feel like even just hearing like quitters never win. If I'm here meeting you at 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, you're at, you're at a shelter. So what? You literally decided to go all the way to the shelter and find help. Mm-hmm. Now we're sitting here at a computer and we are getting like this uh, resume together. Now all we got to just get you in the right direction. I kind of feel like you could take your story and you can do it literally what I what I did, but I think they would resonate with you a lot differently because they would look at me. Okay, that's Miss Ari from Delta. Okay, yeah, she never been through nothing that I've been through. She don't know yeah. like what like so technically I'm like okay yeah I never walked in your shoes, but. You and I are essentially saying the same thing. I just think they'll hear you. Yeah. I think they'll hear you differently.
0: Yeah. I just, I feel like when, when people go through so much in life, like they may not have the opportunity or certain things like that, but they got an upper hand on a lot of people because, like, for instance, I could, I can obtain a better lifestyle right now. I can get a million dollars or a bigger house or whatever. And if I lose that or something go wrong, I'm not. Of course I'm going to be upset and of course I'm going to be like, it's going to be a big blow, mm-hmm. but it won't break me because yeah. I've already seen adversity in life. I've already seen the struggle before. Yeah. So it's just about picking yourself back up. It's some people who will jump off a bridge if they lose their lifestyle and certain things like that. They just can't handle it. And
2: I built that they can't.
0: They can't take what people going to think or them having to... Uh, Show people they not in a Benz no more. Now they catch an Uber or driving a, a old Toyota, like things like that. Like, so I feel like people who who's wired like that, who can pick themselves up and deal with the adversity, you got an advantage already. Because in life, it's gonna be a storm. I don't care who you are. I don't care how 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 good your life is. It's gonna be some type of storm. Mm-hmm. So if you can weather those storms, then you got an advantage. Mm-hmm. so i just want to tell people and my message is to use that in your advantage and whatever it is your 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 dream is don't just stay complacent in one place like move towards your dream and take that pain and, and just keep pushing like et said you already felt the pain it already hurt it hurt to push yourself towards your dreams and it hurt to not live your dream mm-hmm. what's hurt you gonna pick
2: absolutely So So we were talking earlier about your niche and like, you know, the lane that you want to be in. And we were talking about how in Oakland, like the population of homelessness is actually ridiculous. I mean, it's bad here in Atlanta, but because everything is so spaced out, we don't, you don't see the concentrated like homelessness here. But like, would you ever think about leveraging like your speaking career to go speak to other young people who are experiencing homelessness? um Who just like don't don't necessarily have that motivation. Granted, there are contracts out there for you can go to, so that you can go to talk talk to like nonprofits and stuff. Yeah. But would you consider that being a lane?
0: Yeah, I would think that. I would think that it would be more likely for me to do like young homeless people because mm-hmm. I feel like not saying that older people don't have action in life, but I feel like if you're older and you're homeless, like. M- Statistically, I would think that majority of them just they they stuck at where they at. Like they don't see they don't see anything further. I would or, say
2: they're probably more stuck, but I believe everybody can change. But it yeah, takes like yeah, a little yeah. bit yeah. more to get you up out of there.
0: Yeah, I, I I would say that I feel like more of them probably gave up on their dreams already.
2: I believe you. I, I hear you. Yeah,
0: not trying to say that it's not like because mm-hmm. I know that as long as you wake up, you got another opportunity to right. get it right. Yeah. But I'm saying, just me. What you I would you rather
2: tap into a young person yeah. experiencing homelessness?
0: Because it's like, man, you could t- you could turn it around like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A year worth of grinding your life would be totally totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's that's something I would I would like to do because yeah. I want to give hope to the hopeless.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the crazy thing is, it's a lot easier to make money than it was seven years eight years ago. For you. Well, actually, that's 10 years because you it took you eight years to get the barber yeah, license. Yeah. That's two years Then from then.
1: Yeah,
0: so money, it's, it's yeah, way it's easier. Not, it's definitely way easier. Because I just was telling myself that while I was out here, like, spending money on flights and the Airbnb and, like, food and Uber. It's just like, bro, you're not in the same space that you were. You got your barber license. You work at a great shop. All you had to do is get back home and get back to it. Political. You have your money, like, right back. Like, mm-hmm. money is just a two like, I'm trying to get out of that. The more I be around wealthy people and do more wealthy things, I'm trying to get out of the mindset of just ho- even, uh David Sharon said it. Um, he was talking about just holding on to money. It's like, what are you, you going to do with it? Like, it's a tool. Like, if you're not investing, saving, or like, what are you going to do with it? Just hold on to it. Like, it ain't doing nothing for you. Right. So, yeah, I had to change my mindset in that.
2: I love it. Is that why you have ambition tattooed on your arm? When did you get that?
0: Uh I got <laughs> I got this when I was 22. Like mm. I'm not even a tattoo type person. I just I don't know. Just seeing a lot of people getting tattoos and I uh, probably listening to to girls talking about, "Oh, you would look nice with tattoos." That probably what it what it mm. was. Well, the so, one
2: thing is, at least you chose a good one. Yeah,
0: if I was gonna put something on me, I definitely it definitely had it to. It can't successful. hurt
2: to have ambition. That's a but good ambition. But I did something
0: crazy, like always trying to be so different. I end up getting I got these the same day. I got ambition on this side, and then I got Child of God on here, but I got it in two different fonts. Um, just me not really knowing about tattoos and, like, thinking I'm being cool. Yeah, <laughs> not now knowing, you look like, down and be like, oh, what like, was yeah, I thinking?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's always a reminder. <laughs> it's always a reminder. That's right. okay. Well, that's cool, though. So,
0: we they both mean something to me.
2: Exactly. Like, I, that's what I say. Like, if, it, if it's going to be anything, at least you got two affirmations yeah. to look at. It might be not aesthetically pleasing as you would like it to be, but yeah. it's still affirmations nonetheless. Definitely. Yeah. So... Um, as we think about um, you know people who are still in their stuck position, right, and they mm-hmm. still haven't figured out what their balance of like you know even like even starting to reach towards like self fulfillment and tap into their their gifts and and their abilities, I always like to to send to to finish off our um, our episodes with a word. You know what I mean? To just say to someone who. Is somewhere probably still in their nine to five, probably don't even have the courage to leave on their lunch break, but need to be set free. What would you say to kind of reach back to that person? Uh,
0: Basically, like two different things. First thing I would say is to not live a dream is to live in hell. So if you're not living your dream, you're living in hell, Mm. which is why people wake up daily, Mm -hmm. unhappy, uh, empty. Feeling like they don't mean nothing to the world is because you're just waking up every day on accident, just going through the motion you're not going towards nothing that's fulfilling to you. Some people do it for so long they forget they dream. somebody could be like like drawn in high school, and then it's just like they just stopped because the real world kicked in survival mode, mm-hmm. so I would say that to not live your dream is to live in hell and Nobody nobody's gonna feel sorry for you. So if you are just waiting around waiting for a miracle to happen, it's not gonna happen. Faith without works. Dead. It's dead. So it's like you you can think a miracle gonna happen, it's not happening. You gotta want it. And I and to to want it, you gotta start. So it's like what are, what are you gonna do? It all boils down to you. And I'm I'm talking to myself now cuz I be having to tell myself this like like I said I used to wake up depressed because I wasn't at a certain place in life but now I don't wake up wake up depressed anymore like I'm in a great space in life because either I I worked and I did something to further myself towards my dream or I didn't and I'm okay with that. And the only reason why I'm okay with that, if I didn't, is because then I have to go look in the mirror and I have to hold myself accountable. And I know that today you didn't do nothing to further yourself to your dreams, and it's nobody's fault. It's not the system's fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's not nobody's fault. It's your fault. And now that I hold myself accountable for that, life goes goes way, way smoother. Yeah. And I'm not saying that every day I I be good at it. The days that I'm not, I literally just go in the mirror and I tell myself, That's your fault. You wasted a day. You didn't get this done. You could have did this, but you didn't. And it's like I just wake up the next day and uh and I even if I do it two days in a row. It's like, all right, now you just killed two days. So don't be complaining when you not when you're not getting sales for your brand. If you if if you can't do this for your kids, if if you're not closer to it, you be mad at yourself and when you hold yourself accountable it makes things smoother because it's like you don't got no you don't got no excuses you're not pointing a finger so nobody gonna feel sorry for you you got to make the decision to want more for yourself
2: that's a word that's a word so i definitely received something from that so if you didn't receive anything then i think you might just be you might just need to replay this (laughs) pause it you know take your notes because it was definitely a word, and I appreciate you so much for no joining problem. me on the couch. thank you for having me. Yeah, telling your story, you. giving us a different perspective of what it looks like to really be like ruthless about you. I mean, like when you said that, I was like, oh, he's speaking, re- you know how we say in the morning, you speaking spicy. You're talking about like you never had the loyalty to a company. Like I literally, I cringed the first time I, t- I, I typed out my two weeks notice. I was like, "What?" And I just, you know, had to trust God. But it was, it was uh, exposure for me just to even do that because I was, you know, anywho, that's a whole other story. So I, I bet appreciate... on myself
0: yeah. way back, way back then when I didn't even, I didn't even have it figured out. Yeah, I just always had that, that crazy, that crazy courage and confidence. Mm. And it still ain't, it still ain't worked out all the way. But I'm in the process for it working out, and I see it getting closer and closer. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for me taking that step and having that courage.
2: Yeah. Well, what brings us together is we both decided to invest in ourselves. We both here at the same conference. We both here at the same, like doing, like literally pouring into ourselves. So if there's nothing that somebody else can take from this,
0: you uh, need to Facebook, invest in yourself because Keandre at the end of the day, Diary. you are
2: accountable for your ups. And if you, and
0: you want to purchase definitely. some motivation. So without her without anything else,
2: if y'all haven't got nothing
0: else, I said, do you gotta do. But
2: until next time, that's thank right. You. All right guys, thank you. Oh, thank you for joining me. Here, no. Thank you guys so much for listening and, and thank oh, you for watching. Until next time, this time.
1: Peace out, guys.